Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Ed, he flew into the sun for some reason. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Happy Eternals Day. Yeah, happy Eternals Day. We're recording this on Halloween, believe it or not. So yes. this is our, our, our guess. Well, it's going to come out a week later, so it's going to come out in November. But yeah, this is technically being recorded on Halloween Day. So I guess this technically fits into our Halloween season of movies that are either scary or we're scared to watch. Yeah, because the Deviants are scary. Um, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> Emergence is a, scary, <laughs> it's a scary idea. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, Matty D and I have watched The Eternals, and we're here to see how well we did with predicting the plot two years ago. And everybody's going to have to forgive my voice today, because uh, Matty D and I decided it'd be a good idea to stay up until 3am last night. Yes. Having a good time, talking uh, shit. <laughs> and here we are to having do it again. Having a few drinks. Yes, here so, we are, doing it again, the so, very next morning. <laughs> we're a bit rough today. Yes. <laughs> and it probably is very apparent if you hear our voices. And what an appropriate movie to be talking about <laughs> when we're in this state. Because yeah. we're here to talk about Chloe Zhao's Eternals. Well, let's say Marvel's Eternals. I'm not going to blame Chloe Zhao for anything that happens <laughs> okay. in this movie. But yeah, so like I said, we're here to see how close we got to predicting it. But Matty D... How well do you think the Eternals did in the worldwide box office? Uh, what was the budget? So the budget was $236.2 million. Wow, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So that's the same budget as the Marvels, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I think it made about 400, 500 mil. It made $402.1 million. So you're dead on the money, except for the whole 500 mil part. Yes, okay. It's considered a box office bomb due to high marketing costs. So they spent $200 million on marketing. Why the fuck did they do that? Seriously, why the fuck did they... I guess because they really needed to get people to come in and see this movie because it's a really untested uh, property in the Marvel Universe. Like, nobody really knows who the Eternals are. It's It's not a popular comic series. Yeah. So It's not a popular comic book series. They aren't characters who are well known within the Marvel Universe and they're not known to the layperson. So I guess they had to really push that marketing in order to get as many people interested in seeing this movie as possible. But yeah, they made $400 million. Uh, It was the sixth highest grossing movie of 2021. Oh, okay. Which isn't too bad for a COVID year. Yeah. But still considered a failure by Marvel because of, uh, like I said, high marketing costs. So quite like uh, Black Widow and what was it? Uh, I think Captain Marvel as well. Like they made well over their budget, but Marvel was like, well, no, this we don't see this as a success because we spent so much on ancillary things outside of, the, you know, just the budget itself. Mm. So they wanted it to make like, well, let's not forget that Avengers Endgame made like a billion dollars. Yeah. So I think they want every movie to make that, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So as of February 2023, no sequel has been announced for this movie. However, it is rumored amongst fans that some of the Eternals may cameo in 2025's Blade. We're not going to be around then, so I don't think we're ever going to see the Eternals again on this show. What do you think, Matty D? Uh, I'm not hopeful that we'll see the Eternals return. I, yeah, I don't think they're going to have another movie, to no. be perfectly honest. No. You might see one character pop up or get mentioned, but even that I'm doubtful of. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, they, they set up Kit Harrington's character, and I guess we'll talk about this as we talk about mm-hmm. what we predicted. They set up Kit Harrington's character, Dwayne. Was it Dane. Dwayne? No, it's, is it Dane? It is Dane. Okay, yeah. I put it as Dwayne in my notes, <laughs> so I'm wrong there. Uh, Dane Whittaker? Yeah. I think we called him Dwayne in the original episode. No, I think we called him Dane. No, probably I mean, I th- we just referred to him as Kit Harrington through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so well, really they set him up at the end of the movie to be 
the Black Knight. So he's going to be doing a remake of that uh, that comedy movie from the 2000s. <laughs> oh my with god! With Martin yeah. Lawrence, if you remember that. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm looking very much to seeing that. The Black Knight. You have no business with the king's daughter. Trust me, somebody got to that flower long before I did. Ah, but yeah, it's Blade who comes in and says, like, are you sure you're ready? Or, you know, are you sure that's it? Whatever he says. Yeah, that was the big stinger at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's right. And so that's setting up for a movie in two years. And this was a movie that came out two years ago. So they're like really putting their cards down. Yeah. So there's every chance that, you know, Dane might come back in the in the Blade movie, but then well, let's talk about Pip the Troll and Eros later <laughs> oh as well. God, like yeah. setting them up for something that never happened. <laughs> can't wait to talk about that. And I can't wait for Matty D to eat some stuff later in the show as yes. well. Yes. So can you please explain our point system to anybody who might not be familiar with how these episodes work? Yeah. So this was a fun episode for us. This was one of the first episodes we did together after the whole uh, lockdown that we went through. Yeah, that's right. So we, uh, you could tell how excited lockdown we were. Lockdown had how, ended at this point. Yes, yes. And how buzzing we were to be back in the studio. Mm. And we did this prediction together. Mm. So we collaborated, we bounced ideas off each other, we had some discussions, and then we decided on what the plot was going to be for this movie. Uh, for this episode, I'm covering what we got wrong with our predictions, yeah. and Kieran is covering what we got right, and we're going to tally all those up and see how well we did or how poorly we did. Yeah, we're going to create a ratio, a ratio of right to wrong. Mm -hmm. And then depending on which way the scales balance, then we'll know if we were close or not. Yeah. And typically with uh, with these collaboration episodes, it kind of is hard because sometimes we start saying one thing and then we change our mind and yeah. like decide on something else. Or we'll say something that's correct early on yes. and then we'll change our minds later on and be uh, wrong. Oh, no. Yeah, no, so this can't happen. Difficult. So we'll say this. So, you know. <laughs> so should we get into it? Yes, let's do it. So I covered everything that we got right. So I think it's only fair that I that I go over everything that we got correct first of all. Mm -hmm. Now straight off the bat, the first thing we mentioned in the show, and I think this is a point that uh, you're going to talk about. But the, the, <laughs> literally the first thing we said is, if Harry Styles was going to be in this movie, yes. if Harry Styles appeared in this movie, you were going to eat your hat. <laughs> I hope you yes. have a hat prepared, Matty D. Yes, because Harry Styles was in the movie. He was. He's, he's having a drink I was to wrong. prepare himself. I was wrong. I was actually going to bring in a hat today to eat. Oh, but he conveniently left it at <laughs> I home. Got it. Yes. Don't worry, Matty D. I've got plenty of you hats. You got some hats I can eat? Yeah, but let's let's tell you. Well, up. they're if, technically caps, Kieran. We, we're not at the last of what you have to eat. No, I've got to eat a shoe at some point. Yeah, that's right. We'll get into it later on. But yes, anyway, uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. Harry Styles was in this movie. Let's focus on... We can talk about that later. But let's focus on the positives <laughs> for the time being. So we said, well, it was actually you specifically, Matty D. You said that the movie, most of the movie would be the Eternals meeting up with each other and convincing them to join the cause, yep. along with a lot of infighting. That was the movie. That's, that's the whole movie. Yeah. So, yeah, you were, you were right straight away about the, the overall like uh, content of the movie. You said that Gilgamesh, again, this was you. Uh, you said that Gilgamesh will be killed off. You're actually confusing Gilgamesh with Ajax. Yeah. But we get back to that later on. Yeah, when we started the episode, for some reason, I confused the two names, but I was actually talking about Ajax. But in yeah, a way, I was right. about Ajax, but talking about Gilgamesh. Yes. But you were right either way. <laughs> yes, no, matter both, how, no matter how you slice it, you were right. They, were so. both, they both died, yeah. Now, one thing I just want to point out as well, we talked a lot about like the character traits and their mm -hmm. powers and what we knew about the movie. I didn't count any of those as things we got correct, by the way, because it was oh, just okay. stuff we knew going in. So they're not really predictions. So I didn't count any of like the character background stuff. Like uh, we talked about like how Cersei had the power to change, you know, matter into different matter. 
we talked about Icarus having like laser eyes and all that stuff. I didn't count that as anything we got right. Yeah. Because this is pre-established law from the comic books. And it's just stuff we knew going into the movie, so it doesn't really like doesn't make sense. It was all sense. in the character bios. Yeah, so it doesn't make sense that. to count it as stuff we predicted as correct because it's just too easy. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's fair. Yeah. Now you said that Cersei. I keep saying it's like it's your. Pre- we said yes that Cersei will be the lead character and will be the heart of the movie. That's correct. Mm-hmm. She ends up taking over as lead of the Eternals. So. It's it's an easy prediction, but it is right. Yeah, she was in the trailer the most. So <laughs> easy prediction. We said that Icarus never settled down and never started living a normal life and never had an alter ego. So, he's just Icarus. He doesn't pretend to be anybody outside of that. That's true. Hmm. In fact, I have no idea what he was doing in the, in yeah, the lead what, up to- What was he doing? They never go into what, what his life was just like. Just didn't think about it. <laughs> so, we said that the character arcs will be as minimal as possible. That's true. There was maybe like one or two characters in the whole movie who had character arcs. So, that's true. Some of them didn't have character arcs at all. Again, we predicted this. We'll get into it later. <laughs> We said that Cersei won't get back together with Icarus, even though she dated him for like 5,000 years. We, well, you were very adamant that they would get back together. <laughs> ah, yes. Because for some, and this was also present in your Venom Let There Be Carnage <laughs> plot as well, where you have this whole idea of like, oh, this couple broke up and the girl's in a new relationship. So, then naturally, they have to get back together because that's the rules of a movie. Like 90s romantic rom-coms maybe, <laughs> but like modern movies, absolutely not. Nope. Nope. The Dr. Dan rule. Exactly, and I even said in the, that original episode, I even compared uh, Dane to Dr. Dan. Mm. But you did win me over. I, yes. I, but towards the end, I was like, yeah, actually, I think that's, what, that's how it's yes. going to be. Because that's how it always is, Matty D. <laughs> that makes most sense. Of course, we didn't predict that Icarus was going to be a secret bad guy, but like- We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. So, in the original episode, you mentioned that uh, Kamal Nanjiani said that he based his character of Kingo on Bruce Willis from the Die Hard movies. Yeah. Huh? I don't understand that at all. Like, I don't either, but that's what he said. Did that come across to you in the movie no, at all? No, not at all. I, I did. So I, I'm not doubting that he said that, but like, why? <laughs> it was based on, well, he said it was based on Bruce Willis and it was based on like a Bollywood uh, actor. Well, I can see that. Actor. Well, no, didn't I say in the moment, like, wouldn't it make more sense to base his performance on a Bollywood actor or a mm. Bollywood star? And, and he did, but he also but based it Bruce on Bruce Willis, Willis. From Die Hard, like, I'm not seeing that. At all in I've, this character. I've heard so many people cover this and they all have the same reaction as us where we're just like, what? <laughs> he uh, barely had any scenes in the movie anyway. So. I think I think it's because he's like an action star and he's, he's got an action movie franchise maybe, but he specifically, <laughs> stretch. he specifically said Bruce Willis in Die Hard, not Bruce Willis the actor, like Bruce Willis's character in John McClane, right? In Die yeah. Hard. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Where that is Maybe or- they cut all those scenes From the movie <laughs> Of him May- saying like Yippee-ki-yay motherfucker And running through glass And you, you know, know it, it might Actually be- being funny You know what I mean <laughs> Yeah come on Come on He was great Kingo But it, maybe it was just something He used to get into character I don't know But it wasn't It wasn't evident to me at all No So yeah I didn't get that at all I didn't really understand Why he said that mm. And it definitely wasn't present In the movie But Baffling. he said it Well there we go So the next point is related to that We said that Kingo Would be the main comic relief Of the movie he is. He's the only one attempting humor, really, in the in the movie, attempting along with humor. his valet. Yes. So his valet and uh, uh, the valet character to me, Fastos has some humor. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's a scene that's pretty funny. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, <laughs> you're right there. And again, we'll talk about. It. We've talked about it in the past on our best and worst of 2021, I believe. But yeah, we'll talk about that scene again. Definitely this episode. <laughs> Yes, there was that big funny scene. Not intentionally so. But uh, 
to me, I was what I was going to say was the valet seems very awkwardly inserted. Like, I feel like they, they wrote the movie and then Marvel came along and read the script and was like, where's the jokes? <laughs> we don't have room for jokes. Put in a joke character. He, he's a valet and he has a different camera in every scene mm. and he's filming a documentary and that point just goes nowhere. I liked him. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I thought he was good. And Much needed levity yes. in this slog yes. of a movie. Yes. Apparently that guy was a, is a big deal as well. Yeah. The valet. Yeah. So he was basing his performance on Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> oh, from yes, the Terminator of movies. Of course. Is what he said. Yeah. So in that original episode, we said that Sprite would be wise beyond her years, wouldn't be an old soul and so on. But I didn't mm-hmm. count that as correct because she wasn't really like that in the movie. In the movie, she still acts like a child, even though she's the same age as the other Eternals. So, I, like I said, I couldn't count what we said as correct because it just wasn't the case in the movie. No, I agree with you. And that's something I actually go into. Really? To I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So, connected to that, we said that Sprite would be still treated as a child, even though she's the same age as the other Eternals. That's correct. She also still acts like a child, <laughs> even though she's the same age as the other Eternals. And also, it doesn't make sense that she was created to be a child, because like, how does that play into anything? We'll talk about it at the yes. end. We'll, we'll completely talk we, about it. We have a lot of thoughts on this movie. We absolutely as do. As a lot of people do, but we yes. have very interesting takes, I think. Yes, I think so. So, we said that the scenes with Fastos and his husband, I think this is a very important point, the scenes with Fastos and his husband and his son will be minimal. We said boyfriend in the original episode, mm-hmm. but it is his husband watching mm-hmm. the movie. We said that they would be very minimal, but will be played and accepted as completely normal, in yeah. quotation marks. That's basically, I said it would be accepted yes. as it should be. Yes. And I think that was completely the case. It was. I think they did a great job handling the first openly gay superhero. A- an excellent job. Yeah, I agree. It was such a minor part of the movie, but like the, in the scenes that it was there, they did such a good job with it. We didn't even think, well, me specifically, I didn't even think that like the, the two male characters would kiss, like Fastos and his husband would kiss. This is how much it's important to the movie. What's his husband's name? His husband's name is Ben? Is What's it? his son's name? His son's name is... Ben Jr. Ben Jr. Uh, he's, his son's got a stupid He's derailing name. my point because he actually remembered the <laughs> husband's name. D- like, I, I'm, I, I'm thinking like DJ or something like that is his son's name. Could be. I didn't remember their names, but I guess that's just me. Maybe everybody out there just remembers the, the husband and the son's name because they're such big parts of well, this movie. To be fair, Kieran, there are so many characters in this movie that- Too many. It's so hard to kind of give screen time to like these side characters, yes. so- it was yes. cool that they were in there. Well, they found it's... time with the valet. <laughs> the valet was great, though. <laughs> Your face is... Obviously, you don't agree. <laughs> but yeah, I th- going back to what was good about the movie, the, the gay uh, relationship and the, you know, the adopted son angle was good. Yeah, and we were, we were very, very well. sceptical. We were very sceptical. Going into it. We thought that either it would be shoved to the side and they wouldn't or really handled spotlight poorly. it. Or handled poorly. Or seen Jungle Cruise at that point. Or, yes, or, you know... Yeah, but they, they did it really well. If there's nothing else you can say about the movie, they did this well. No, I agree. I thought that was really well done. Um, it's too bad it wasn't in a in a like a more impactful movie, you know, like in a in a movie that people actually went and saw. <laughs> but, uh, that's besides the point. Now, did they cut that scene out in other releases? Because I, I they heard did that they not. were fighting against it. No, they did not. But so many it. countries banned the movie because of that scene. Mm. So Disney put their foot down. They said we're not cutting this scene out for international releases. That's awesome. So as we said in the original episode, the movie already wasn't being showed in. China because of Chloe Zhao. Because of that controversy, Because yeah. of her controversy. Well, it wasn't really a controversy. Well, they just, just don't like her. They just didn't like her. So, the movie automatically wasn't being shown in China. Um, and I don't think it really appeals to the Chinese audience anyway. 
Like, if you look at the best movies, like the highest grossing movies of 2021. You're too busy watching Meg. Two of them are Chinese movies. So, they've got their own movies that are making way more money than yeah. this movie anyway. So, they're not too worried about missing out on Eternals. Yeah. No, it was really cool that they, they stood up for this. Yes. But yeah, there were several countries around the world that just refused to show the movie because of this one tiny, minuscule scene in the movie. Such but, a oh, well, not everywhere can be as progressive as us, I suppose. <laughs> as you and me, I'm talking specifically <laughs> just us, about. Yeah, because yeah, that, that was our doing, that, that, but, that scene in the movie. But uh, well done, Disney. So we said that Fastos would be very down-to-earth, funny, and human. It's true. Yeah, he is. It's true. Probably out of all of the Eternals, he's probably the most relatable one. Or maybe Kingo. No, he's not relatable. <laughs> We're relatable to Kingo, right? Yeah, I guess so. We're just right. like him. Yeah, with our like same physique. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we said that Fastos has embraced human life more so than the other Eternals. I'd say that's correct. I would say that's correct. We could argue Cersei is the same, but not really. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cersei, Cersei, Fastos, they're the ones that are more in human life than, than any of the others. Than any of the others. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That have like embraced human life. And well, yeah, well, arguably they're the only characters with character in the movie. So we can't say the same thing about Makari. <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> later on. So, oh, speaking of Makari, Makari, we said that Makari will speak entirely in sign language, ASL. Which she does. It's true. She invented ASL before it was even existing. <laughs> yes, that's true. But in she the universe. in Babylonia. <laughs> Babylonia, Babylon. Babylon. Uh, yeah, so. But in the world of this movie, we understand that the Eternals influence things like the English language, mm. movies, we'll get into that. Presumably, sign la- like inventions, technology was yeah. all influenced by the Eternals. Um, so, presumably, sign language was invented by the Eternals as well. And, and they're also people. all speaking English, so we can cut them that's, some slack. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what I said. So, yeah. in the world of the movie, they created the, the English language as like a unifier. This is me reading too much into the movie, by the way. They created English as a unifier for like around the globe as like a common language. Like, let's not forget that it was actually developed over thousands yes. of years through the Romantic languages, Italian, Spanish, French. No, no, Eternals just spoke English when they arrived. And in fact, the Celestials speak English. So, in every planet, they speak English. Well, we know that Thanos spoke English and we know every alien in the MCU speaks English. So, it could just be the common tongue. Yeah, everywhere everywhere speaks English. Yeah, except for China. <laughs> in Shang-Chi. Yes. Yes. Look, I think I think that I think there's a little bit of creative liberties there. I think, you know, maybe maybe they do do speak different languages. It's just the audience can only hear the English language. Yeah. I, I guess so. I don't know how to argue that point at all. So, moving on. We yep. said that Makari will, quote, not do a lot outside of action scenes and won't have a character arc and will blend into the background. Oh, we were so right. Absolutely correct. She spends her entire life sitting on the ship waiting to leave. Well, she steals some stuff. Yeah, that's true. So, she steals, like, uh, was it Excalibur? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, is this the Ebony Blade? And I'm sitting there going, am I supposed to know what the Ebony Blade is? It comes up later in the movie. <laughs> it does. They're setting it up for the stinger at the end. Yeah, can't wait for that Black Knight movie. <laughs> it's going to be great. That's never going to happen. I hope he's just buddies with Blade, like his Blade sidekick. It'll probably be that. Or he'll probably just probably. appear as like uh, 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 a cameo. Yeah, deliver oh, some exposition yeah. to Blade. So sick of this, Matty D. I'm so fucking sick of this universe. <laughs> Can I, do we, are we fully aware of this at this point? That you're sick of this universe? Yes. Yes. I'm so sick of this franchise. I don't want to do another one of these movies. <laughs> There's so many more coming. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Let's stay positive. Let's, play, let's be positive. We said that one of the Eternals yes. will turn against the rest of the team. Yes. Which is true. Which is true. 
The <laughs> Eternal, we said, was not correct, but we're going to talk about that in detail when we get into what we got wrong. Yes, we will. But we did correctly call that one of the Eternals would turn against the rest of the team. Now, we said that some of the Eternals are against saving humanity, uh, Icarus and Sprite specifically, and briefly Kingo. Mm-hmm. They want to go with the Celestial's opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, that's the case. It is. But the rest, obviously, are on humanity's side. <laughs> and we'll get into some shoe talk later on. Um, we said that Gilgamesh's relationship with Thena would not be romantic. That's the case. Yeah, it is. Um, I- it, like, there's no indication that there's any romance. You could maybe guess that We don't know what's going be. on behind the scenes. We could presume. But it seems like they're just pals. Yeah. It f- just feels like he's a babysitter. Mm. Literally, because he becomes a giant baby at and one point. nobody is allowed to have sex in the Marvel Universe unless they get married, Kieran. Ah, uh, excuse me. We had Marvel's first sex scene in this movie. But they were married yeah. first. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> With their little ceremony. And what a passionless sex scene that was. Yes, this was the first sex scene. Yeah, that's right. And I didn't even realise at the time because it was so um, lame. Yes. <laughs> they were literally just two like naked. I was very surprised to see like two characters in I'm a pretty Marvel sure movie we saw the same naked scene. lying on top of each other, just like not, not yeah. moving, literally just prone being like, this is interesting, isn't yeah. it? It's, uh, it uh, it's the same thing you see on Shrek 2. Like- <laughs> yeah. I think that was more graphic. <laughs> the sex scenes in Shrek 2. But way more like there was full on penetration I think in Shrek yeah. 2 wasn't maybe, maybe you're watching a different version of Shrek here. oh yeah true <laughs> I'm watching my version of Shrek 2 but yeah first sex scene this was a big deal and yeah there we go it was a big deal yeah it was real as you said lame <laughs> but yeah they were married beforehand so there's that but yeah we don't know if uh, Gilgamesh and Athena uh, are bumping uglies behind the scenes we don't who knows know. what Gilgamesh is doing with that pie he made <laughs> that he just drops on the ground <laughs> So, we said that Gilgamesh would just be muscle, he hangs out with Thena, and doesn't do much else aside from filling the father role in the Eternals. And he's very much a father role. I guess so. In like, a loose I, way. I wouldn't even really go that far, but yeah, he is just there to be the muscle. He's, again, barely in the movie. I feel like they just felt like they had too many characters, and yes. they were just like, we've got to kill off some of these guys real fast, because we don't have time to focus on any of these people. I Like, Angelina Jolie had maybe three lines in the whole movie, well, and she was billed as the main actress. Well, I heard originally she was only going to be like a cameo, and then they increased her role for the movie. Well, you were right. <laughs> she was just a cameo in this movie. We said that Ajak would be the character... So, this is Salma Hayek's character. We said that Ajak will be the character who knows what's going on. So, she knows what the emergence is and she knows that humanity's in danger. She really kicks off, like, the movie. That's true. This Again, cameo. Barely in the movie. We said that Ajak would not really have much of a character arc. That's correct. She doesn't have a character arc at all because she dies before the movie starts. She dies pretty, pretty quickly. She pretty much only exists in flashbacks. Yeah, you're right. So, she has no impact on the main plot at all, but she's the one who kicks it off. I feel like I'm saying this a lot, but we said that Thena would not do much beyond being, quote, a badass and won't have an alter ego, so she doesn't pretend to be anything but a superhero. Mm-hmm. Totally the case. It is. She's the most, uh, what's the word? She's the most volatile of the- She's got mad weary <laughs> disease. Which is my, the two words that describe my uh, watching experience <laughs> of the Eternals both times. Yes. Mad weary, because I was both- <laughs> Yeah, so let's just explain it for anybody who might not be familiar. Anyone who was lucky enough not to see this movie. So, Mad Weary... Yes. So, so they remember their previous lives, well, specifically Thena. mm -hmm. Uh, Liability is the word that I was looking for. So, Thena is the biggest liability out of all of the... I was going to say the Expendables. (laughs) 
They might as well, well they are be. expendable. Out of all of the, the Eternals, Thena is the biggest liability because she can just lash out and kill any of them at any point. Yeah. And she's completely unpredictable and almost entirely useless because of that. Mm. So this mad, weary affliction is she's remembering previous lives. So she remembers that they were sent to other planets in previous lives and uh, everyone on those planets died and essentially they died and then were brought back. Because yeah. the thing about the Eternals is that they're robots created by the uh, the Celestials to basically usher a planet to full fruition so it can be a giant egg for a baby mm. Celestial and that Celestial will be born and create new planets to eventually be destroyed by other Celestials being born. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it. And, and uh, yeah, they're feeding off the energy of the human race, the population, yeah, intelligence. whatever life. the life is on that yeah, planet. Yeah, um, and, and Mad Weary. Well, that, that's a twist in the movie is that... Um, they think Mad Weary is just a disease that the Eternals get. They don't realize that they've had other lives on other planets. Yeah. They think this is the first time that they've ever, you know, done this before. And then find an, and then they find out that they have, you know, had previous lives. It's That's just right. Their, their minds are wiped by the Celestials. Yes. And those memories are, as you said, coming back into the fold. And yes. And then, and then even like though PTSD, almost. even though this is a process that's happened time and time and time again, the one time. That they're like, hold on, this planet's worth saving is when they happen to be on Earth. Well, it's the best planet. So apparently so. It's they like potential spoilers exist on this planet. Absolutely, that's why they're all fans. Yeah, exactly. Even though the movie was taking place after <laughs> this, uh, like in the future, when yeah. the show will presumably no longer exist. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't. We don't know. Might do. Yeah. Might do. They were like, we can't let the Earth die. We need an actual spoilers of the Batman movie. Yes. <laughs> We've got to keep the Earth alive until Potential Spoilers covers the Batman. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this was talking about Thena being a badass. Like I said, she was a liability. I don't yes. know why they kept her around. Uh, Paul she- Gilgamesh just had to babysit her and make yes. sure she didn't lash out and kill everyone. Yeah. I hated her character, Manny D. You did? I hated her character. Uh, she didn't do a whole lot. No. But what she did was just be a liability. And so that just makes her like just a, a like a black spot. She, in yeah, this cast. Yeah, she she had a few action scenes. Um, she fought she fought with crows. She kills crows. So yeah. Does that. I guess she did that. Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, we said that Dane finds out that Cersei is an Eternal during the course of the movie. That's the case. Now, we also said that Dane only exists to have characters explain his backstory to him. Yeah. That's absolutely the case. That's the only purpose he serves in this movie, aside from grasping a sword at the end mm. or attempting to grasp a sword at the end. There is very little just human based characters in this movie. Yeah, almost none. And Dane is kind of that role, but then you find out he's a superhero as well. Yeah, I guess so. If you know about that stuff, like to everybody else, it's just baffling. Yeah. Like if you're not familiar with comic book lore and, and you know, who this character is, like who cares at the end of the day? If you're a regular audience member, does it mean anything to you? Not really. No. So we said that Dane would be left in the dust once the Eternals start getting back together. <laughs> he is. Certainly is. He's gone for most of the movie. He's in maybe, oh, geez, three minutes of the entire hour, two hour and 20 minute runtime. I heard somebody say that you see more of Kit Harrington on Cersei's uh, iPhone than you do in yes. the actual movie. Well, that's true. <laughs> he, spends, he spends all of his time as like a face on a phone. So he said that Dane would be intimidated by Icarus. So when Icarus comes back into the picture and reunites with Cersei, that Dane would be intimidated by him. Yeah. He is. He is. That's the truth. He thinks he's a pilot. Now, we also said, interestingly enough, we also said that Dane would wield a sword as an Easter egg to the Black Knight fans. Yeah, we're right. That's true. That was a good call on Matty D's behalf. I knew nothing about this character, so this is all Matty D. But he was right. Now, we said that we would be led to believe that the Deviant Crow would be the main villain of the movie. 
That's absolutely the case. We were led to believe that. That is true. He's in maybe five minutes tops of the movie. Dude, there's a point in the movie that I forget he was like yes. in it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, him. And then he turns up and then he's like, oh, shit, he was in the movie. Yeah. Oh, is he the bad guy again? <laughs> is, which one of the deviants is him? Was he the bird one? Was he the tiger one? They're all the same. <laughs> Doesn't it's matter. one with the tendrils. Yes. He's the sucky one. The sucky one. Yes, and I meant that. Uh, we said that the deviants would be just faceless monsters rather than having individual personalities. Yeah, what a shame, hey? Yeah. Th- these characters actually did have personalities and just to They turn were them handled into- so poorly yeah, in no. this movie. Might as well not have been in it. Yes, agreed. We said that Crow would just be a standard CGI Marvel villain. Yes. He was. Waste of a good character, waste of a good actor, no screen yeah. time, no development. What? Yeah. Bad CGI. Terrible CGI. Terrible. Yeah. yeah, and like I said, might as well just not have been in the movie. He was just there as an empty threat mm. to push the plot along. But we know that the Deviants aren't related to the overall emergence plot anyway, yeah. so well, we, we thought they would be. Yeah, we did. But it's not the case in the actual movie, meaning that like the Deviants are just a waste of time. And barely in the movie anyway. I, I, like I said, yeah. there's just too much in this movie, so it, everything is just like so brief. In, in the comics, the Deviants are used to kill the population when you know Arisham decides, I want the world to, de- I want yes. the world to be over. This so whole we worked that into our plot. Celestial being born from a planet was not something that's no a part of the law. No, not at all. So we said that we'll see the Eternals as they arrive on Earth. So this is the point where we actually started talking about the actual plot of the movie. Okay. <laughs> so we said that we'll see the Eternals as they arrive on Earth and all throughout history. Yeah, that's the case. It is. Uh, we talked about voiceover narration. I don't know if this is something you talked about in your plot. It, it will be, yeah. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to point out straight away there's no voiceover narration in this None. movie. I went back and watched the start again. I did as well. Because I'm like, what's their voiceover narration? I had the same thoughts. I swear I remember there was a Chinese lady explaining something. <laughs> no, wait, that was shang Different movie. We watched that two weeks ago. Um, yeah, there's no voiceover narration in this movie. I'm doing your job now, but like, I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. It, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't the case. I think we could have used some voiceover narration because I was confused for most of the movie. <laughs> so we said that the Eternals arrive on Earth in a giant block spaceship. It's called the Domo. And guard humanity who are struggling. That's the case. They're like doing like they're trying to cut up a fish with a rock. <laughs> and they get a spear. They have a very diverse tribe in like ancient times for some reason. <laughs> Did you see that tribe? Yeah. They were made up of like every race in the world. Like, how would have that been the case in like uh pre you know, prehistoric times? Yeah. Oh well. They're diverse as they, they ha- makes as much sense as the, the Eternals being as diverse yeah, as they but were. Th- they had to do that because the messaging could be very, very If they were just like an African tribe, like seriously, Ooh. people would lose their shit if or yeah. if they were just like all white, then you know It would be bad. Yeah, so they literally had so they to, had to the, do it. The most diverse tribe that has ever existed <laughs> in humanity. So we said that the Eternals are treated as gods by the humans. That's the That's case. True. They talk about that uh in the movie, in fact. They mentioned that uh the, the ancient gods were Based on the Eternals. So, we said that the Deviants will turn up and attack the humans in ancient times, of course, and the Eternals will swoop in and rescue them. That's the case. That's their whole purpose on uh, coming to Earth in the first place. We said that any time the Deviants attack throughout history, the Eternals will step in and stop them. This is the case. That's the case. And we said that we'll see the Eternals living in ancient Babylon. Not Atlantis, no, not Atlantis. I was very adamant that it was Babylon, and we were right. Good call. Thank you, Assassin's Creed uh, <laughs> Origins, for introducing me to what uh, Babylon looked like, <laughs> so I could recognize it in a film. We said that the Eternals don't defend humans from each other, for example, during wars and whatnot, as ruled by the Celestials. So the Celestials have decreed that like, you can only step in when Deviants are involved, but nothing else. You can't interfere. 
Unless you're giving them things that will advance them. Yes, mm. that will give them an advantage in war. Yeah. Such as the atomic bomb. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. So, we said that the Eternals witness humans killing each other in an endless cycle of wars. That's the case. Yes. And we said that the Eternals will eventually wipe out all of the Deviants and retire to live in their own lives for centuries. Yeah, they do. I mean, there's a few totally the in the ice that break out, but yes, that's right. they're all dead. So, for some reason, like some uh, Deviants were just swimming around <laughs> in some water in like Arizona in the middle of America. <laughs> yep. And, and, and they froze solid and then were just trapped there for years. And then like global warming came around. Is this part of the whole uh, emergence thing? Well, yeah, they kind of don't really say, but it, it's either it's either a global it warming the, message uh, or it's an emergence message. Is it the eternal's fault that global warming exists because they gave humans the technology that would cause greenhouse yes. gases? <laughs> yes. It's not something that's ever explained, but I think that... I think the angle that... I don't actually think they thought about it, but no, I think didn't. the angle that you would take away from it is... Humans evolved to create global warming. It's like, I feel dirty just saying this. It's a natural progression for the celestial to come out of the earth. And what were the uh, deviants just doing swimming around in that lake that got frozen? Just chilling. They were having like a beach day. <laughs> they were having the a vacation. Of, in the middle of like America. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's getting a bit chilly. Ooh! <laughs> just froze. <laughs> yes. But yeah, they, they break out of the ice and that's how they come back. <laughs> okay. Uh, we said that in modern day, the main Eternals we focus on would be Icarus and Cersei. It's pretty yeah, much the case yeah, of the whole movie. Is. We said that everyone returning to life after the blip, so after the Thanos snap when everyone died and then was brought back to life, uh, that's called the blip in the MCU. This will create a surge of energy, which brings about the emergence. That's totally correct. What exactly the emergence is, we weren't quite correct on, but I'm sure you'll cover that yeah, as we well. we thought it would be the emergence of the Deviants. That's correct, but like everything else that we said about it, pretty much correct. So, we weren't 100% accurate, but we were about 95% accurate. So, we said that the emergence will cause the destruction of Earth after seven days. That's correct. It is. We said that the emergence is created by the Celestials, and it's decided by Arishem and ruled over by Arishem. who is. is. Who's the Celestial. We talked about this other Celestial called like the Calculator. Yeah. Not a factor in this movie at all. Well, we read that he was going to appear in the movie. And Correct. Maybe he did when they were talking about the Celestials. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was there. But he's not a factor in this it's movie. It's just Arishim. And then I think Tumit is the one Tiamat. that gets- Tiamat. is the one that gets born out of the planet. That's right. Well, he gets aborted, but- uh, <laughs> Or yeah, frozen. He's still, he's still there. So, we said that Ajak is aware of the emergence and doesn't want Earth to be destroyed and decides to turn the Eternals against the Celestials. Totally the case. Yeah, it does happen. It's the inciting incident for this movie. We said that the Eternals will eventually break their bonds with the Celestials, allowing them to return as Avengers in future movies. Uh. Well, that's questionable, but it's the case. In theory, yes. In theory, but I don't know if these guys are coming back. I don't think they're going to come back, to be perfectly honest. Uh, We'll talk about Eros and Pip the Troll, as I've teased earlier later on. So, we said that the evil Eternal, we've mentioned already, the evil Eternal who turns against the rest of the Eternals... Uh, we said it was Druig, but it's not the case in the it's actual Icarus. movie. It's Icarus. He would turn against the rest of the team since he believes that the emergence is meant to happen. It's the case. Exactly right. And this is something we pulled out of thin air. In fact, it was your theory that you floated. We also said that the eternal, the evil eternal pretends to go along with the plan, but he's ultimately setting them up to fall. It's totally the case as well. Yeah. Uh, and we also said that the evil Eternal will be played as sympathetic throughout the entire movie. So we sort of understand their point of view. Which we do. Debatable. Is Icarus really sympathetic? (sighs) Well, he kind of seems like an idiot at the end of the day. He cries at the end. Yeah. He's doing the right thing. He believes he's doing the right thing. That's right. And there's a point in the movie where 
we we think maybe Druig is going to be the bad guy. That's right. Or Thena is going to be the bad guy. Yes. I think I think they're sort of teasing those guys, and they're very sympathetic as well. Yeah, that's right. So I said debatable but true. So yeah, it's, it's technically true. I think it was the int- that was the intention. Whether yeah. they executed it or not is something else. Yeah. So at this point as well, you suggested that Ajax will be killed mm-hmm. along with Gilgamesh, which hey. is true, hey. but we didn't. Uh, settle on that uh, no. So I can't count it as something we got correct But it is true And so yeah we were doing a great job of being on the right track Until I took us off course <laughs> So we said that the evil Eternal will be killed by the end of the movie Rather than being arrested Yes, uh, He will be killed That's true he kills himself Icarus flies into the sun appropriately enough <laughs> So Ajax tells Icarus We said that Ajax would tell Icarus about the emergence She does she does. And then he's just like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. And he pushes her off a cliff. <laughs> he pushes her off a cliff into like uh, a frozen lake where the uh, the deviants have recently thawed out and they kill her. And we're all very sad that Salma Hayek is not in the rest of the movie. <laughs> she has a very grey corpse yes. for some reason. <laughs> because that's what happens when the deviants attack. Yeah, we see it one they time. Turn grey. Yeah. And they are robots, so maybe it just powers down. True. True, didn't think about that. Uh, we said that Icarus would reunite with Cersei and Dane becomes jealous. We already mentioned this already, mm-hmm. but they do reunite at around this point in the movie. Uh, we see the whole uh, death of uh, Ajax at the end of the movie, but technically, chronologically, it takes place before yeah. he meets back up with Cersei. It's a flashback. I don't know why he turns up if he wants this plan to go without a hitch. Why he goes and meets Cersei. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's no reason for him to go and reunite with her. Uh, unless he's trying to set it up to kind of distract her from what's really going on. Because she'd well, find he, out. Well, but she, do wouldn't, a better job. she wouldn't find out. No, would she, she wouldn't have found out. Yeah, I don't know then. <laughs> I guess because the Deviants were attacking regular people in London, it makes more sense for him to come up and like fight it because that's his job. Or maybe because he's in love with Cersei, he wants to save her. Well, I think she would have been fine. Mm. Well, actually, no. We, we've already learnt that the Deviants can kill the Eternals quite easily. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Or maybe he wants to like win her over so that they can go off together. True, true. And he is technically setting them up to fall, as we said. Yeah. So, yeah. It's confusing. I mean, we're, we're extrapolating it. It's confusing, but like you're not supposed to think about the movie in this way. No. Let's get back into it. So, we said that Icarus and Cersei meet up with Sprite. That's true, but she's technically already with Cersei. So, yeah, they live together. She constantly has to move every couple of years to go to a different, like, town so people don't recognize that she's the same age all the time. <laughs> Why would the Celestials decide to do this? It's just an inconvenience. <laughs> yes. Let's make a deaf one and a child one. <laughs> Good luck, guys. <laughs> oh, don't worry. The deaf one has, like, her being deaf has no impact on her life whatsoever because she can hear regardless. <laughs> I can sense vibrations in the air, including you talking, meaning I'm not deaf. <laughs> I mean, Daredevil can technically see. That's true. But that's just as badly written as this. So, we said that they would then reunite with Kingo. That's the case. We, we were getting the, the way that they met up with the other Eternals in Very the well. exact order. Because we said that, uh, well, yeah, we'll get into it in a little bit. But we said that Kingo would be on the set of his latest Bollywood feature. And he's really full of himself. Absolutely he the is. case. He pretends to be his own ancestors. <laughs> so, he can continue his movie career throughout the, the centuries. We said that they then reunite with Fastos, who is a tied-down family man. Completely mm-hmm. correct. In, ex- in the exact beat of the movie as well. We said that Fastos is apprehensive to join them, but soon agrees to. He's just like, oh, I'm a family man now. I don't think I'll do it. Or I'll, I'll come. And then his husband is like, you should do it. Yeah. He's like, okay. Bow ties up and he goes out. And then he gets his kissy. We said that they then soon find Thena and Gilgamesh and the rest. We didn't even mention <laughs> the, the other Eternals. The other we just said, and the rest... <laughs> 
here on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I love that they meet uh, Thena and Gilgamesh in Australia in the most like stereotypically yes. Australian. Like just way out in the outback. <laughs> Yep. In the most like dilapidated shack possible. <laughs> like they could have lived anywhere in Australia. It was just in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like there's a scene in one of the uh, Girl with a Dragon tattoo movies. Mm. I think it was the third uh, Girl with a Dragon tattoo movie. What is it? Girl who kicked a hornet's nest or whatever it is. Where they go to Australia to meet up with somebody. And it's literally the exact same thing. Like the only thing in Australia we see is just the middle of nowhere in the outback. That's someone living in a shack. That's where we all live. Yeah. Right? We all live in Mad Max. We're recording in a shack right now. And you were telling me last night as well, on I think like our fifth or sixth beer. Oh, maybe that, I didn't that, remember, uh, so please tell me. Chloe Zhao was insistent on filming in real locations. Yes. So she actually went to the outback mm. to shoot these scenes to get that authentic Australian experience. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was a massive meat pie that Gilgamesh was cooking up there <laughs> that he dropped on the ground. It did look like a good pie. It did. Well, it just fell apart so easily, so it can't have been that good. Um, anyway, back to the plot. Uh, we said that the first hour of the movie would be the, the Eternals reuniting. Totally the case. Yeah. I timed it. It was oh, the yeah? first hour. Yeah. It was actually beyond the first hour. Oh, wow. So, they don't get all together until about an hour and 20 minutes into the movie. Well, there's like 10 of them, so. Yeah. And they don't even team up with all of them. A couple <laughs> of them are dead. We said that Crow sends deviants to attack the Eternals as they're reuniting throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, that's the case. It does. Happens a couple of times. We said that the Eternals will fight amongst themselves. Uh, it's mainly Thena who has Mad Weary, mm-hmm. like we all did watching the movie. Uh, but they do technically fight each other at the end of the movie. So it's correct. There is a big uh, split between a couple of the Eternals. Yeah, there's like an argument. Well, they literally fight each other. We said that Crow would be defeated during the final battle. He is. He is. He's chopped up by Thena. Yes. So Crow's trying to suck up her powers and uh, she's like, no, thanks. And cuts him up. And we're like, why was he in the movie in the first place? Mm. In the in the comics, those two characters have like a romantic storyline. Crow, Crow and Thena. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, should have been I in the movie. Th- I think they were trying to like. Flirt imagine what he could have done. Idea. Imagine what he could have done with those tentacles in the, <laughs> in the movie. But anyway. that's the thing. Like this character has a lot more Death. layers, yeah, than just a CGI big bad guy. We said that the evil Eternal is revealed to be the bad guy in the movie. Like at this point in the final battle, the the evil Eternal is revealed, and the Eternals have to fight one of their own. Absolutely the case. We're dancing around, you know, the the specifics here, (laughs) but we have to. We said that since the Eternals now know how to fight together, they are able to defeat the evil Eternal. It's literally a fucking plot point in the movie. Like, we created this special device that, like, when we use it, we all our powers combine and the Captain Planet comes out. It is like, I was going to say, it is like Captain Planet, isn't it? What what's this thing that it's called the mind something the thing that uh, they create is like I know the mind- Kingo wants to call it the brainstorm but it's called the uh, like the mind meld or like the mind <laughs> mind meld uh, I can't remember what it's called the mega mind I think it was the mega the mind. mega mind yeah it's the definitely mega mind who cares it was stupid <laughs> oh here's a plot point I've created look at this oh how's this gonna play into the movie I wonder. <laughs> So, so mad and weary. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, we said that the Eternals won't kill the evil Eternal and instead he will vanish off world. Whoa, 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 okay. Technically true. He leaves the world, goes into the sun. <laughs> okay. So, this is another part of the movie that I'm just like, why did he do that? Yeah. Because they would have- Because we're fucking sick of seeing him. They Go kill yourself. They would have forgiven him, right? Like, yes. It's like, oh, well, you know, shit happens. And he, he was part of- the final plan. So he must have. He knows that they're just going to make another version. <laughs> he was just like, I'm getting out of this. Getting out this of this. This is franchise. an awkward situation. Bye. <laughs> 
Haven't you just wanted to disappear in a hole in the ground in a really awkward situation? Yes. Like you're defending something that really doesn't Some of these defending. movies we cover makes me want to do that. Yeah, we're talking about one right now. Uh, <laughs> so we said that the Eternals will be successful in preventing the destruction of the Earth. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So we said that the Eternals won't be able to physically fight against the Celestials. So there's not like a big fight where they Celestials versus Eternals. And we said that the Celestials will decide not to punish the Eternals and leave them to return to their own regular lives. The case Which does happen. My favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh yeah, is when uh, it's Dane and Cersei. They're, they're in like a park. <laughs> they're in like Notting Hill or wherever it is. Yes. They're in a park just chatting, and they're like the clouds part. And then we just see Arishem's head just come down and <laughs> lean, and he's just like, "Excuse me." I love that scene. Come hither. Literally, I, I really enjoyed that scene. It was my favorite scene in the whole movie. It was pretty cool. If it was just if the whole movie was just that scene. Best movie ever. Best seen. movie ever yeah. made. Yeah. I love that the movie ends with Dane just like presumably sitting in the park going like... Well, they cut back to him and he's just like, huh? oh, oh. <laughs> what's going on? So he actually goes to like grab the ebony blade because he's just like, well, Cersei's in danger. I've got to do something about it. <laughs> because they never wrap up like whatever happened to Cersei from his point of view. Yeah. So she was just like, you know, uh, Arisham just parts the clouds and then his big <laughs> face comes in and he's just like, come hither and like sucks her out of the yeah. planet. Oh my god, here's this big god that stole my girlfriend. I better get my sword. Yeah. That's going to do well. Yes. I love how everyone in the park is just like, oh my god, when this huge, like, giant being just appears in the horizon. But they're also used to all this crazy yes. shit happening by the stage that they're just like, yeah, Here well, we it go cuts, again. It cuts back to them afterwards, and they're like, Kit Harrington's just staring up at Wonder at the sky, being like, what the fuck? And then everyone was just like, huh, anyway. <sighs> another day, another hole in the sky. Yes. So, uh, the, the last thing we said, it was actually you again, you joked that a white male eternal, like an additional white male eternal from the comics will rock up in a mid-credits scene. We, we, yes, and that's technically true. That's true. And we were, we were joking because we were like- I don't count it because we were joking, but yeah. it is true because Eros is an eternal. He is. Harry yes. Styles' his character turns up, he is an eternal. And I guess now is as good a time as ever to talk about uh, what they were setting him up for. <laughs> uh, so- at the end of the movie, in a mid-credits scene, uh, I believe it's... Uh, who, who's on the spaceship? So, Makari's on the spaceship. Makari. Uh, is it Kingo as well? Kingo is on the spaceship. Sprite? Sprite is not on no, the spaceship. Sprite's a human. Because um, she got turned into a, a real... They're like, get the fuck out of this human. franchise, Sprite. We hate <laughs> you. You're not going to be in another movie. So, it's Kingo, it's Makari. It's Fastos? Does Fastos, no, Fastos has a family. Fastos stays at home. Oh, Druig. it's Thena. Druig. It's, it's Thena and Druig yeah, as well. So, it's those four. Yeah, so they're in a spaceship. They're going to go to every other planet where Eternals exist to warn them about the uh, emergence that's eventually going to happen. They're soon diverted from this uh, this this goal because uh, out of nowhere... Uh, by the way, this was something that Marvel insisted was inserted in the movie last minute, which yeah. explains the quality of Pip the Troll. <laughs> My God, that's Because the Deviants looked fantastic. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> true, but like... yes. Uh, I think Pip the Troll is considered the worst CGI effect in any Marvel movie. It looks pretty shit. But yeah, so Pip the Troll turns up and- Stumbles. Uh, yeah, yeah, stumbles in drunk with a really poorly rendered uh, beer in his hand <laughs> and introduces Harry Styles, who comes in like from like the Bifrost or whatever, mm-hmm. like a rainbow appears yes. and, he, and he walks in and he's just like, oh, brother of Thanos. Yeah, Thanos' pretty brother. Exactly. Harry Styles, Eros is his name. And he's just like, hello, fellow Eternals. I'm here now, and we're supposed to know or care who this character is. And they're like, I can't wait to see what future adventures we're going to get up to. So, they made this decision. Here it is, Matty D. Okay. I'm going to lay it out for you now. 
when they had fired James Gunn, yes. they set up these characters to appear in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Right. And so, they were going to appear alongside Adam Warlock because in the comics, Eros and Adam Warlock are like uh, part of the, um, the, gu- the new Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. like the replacement team. Okay. Yeah. So, they were setting up Pip the Troll and Eros to lead into Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And that didn't happen. When they rehired James Gunn, James Gunn is just like, I'm not doing any of this stuff. Wow. are setting up like- so- so, so that like Marvel's like this scene needs to be in here because we're setting it up for this movie, and then yes. like James Gunn was like, "No, the fuck we are." Yes. <laughs> so that scene's useless. Yes. So this is a post-credit scene that is never going to pay off. So they're never going to do anything with Eros. Nope. Not even with Harry Styles' fame and love. Nope. Like, no. Okay. And, and I, I, I don't think anyone's calling for Pip the Troll to be in anything. No. <laughs> so this scene was a waste of time. It's well. Who knows, like, how many of these uh, post-credit and mid-credit scenes are going to pay off. But, like, I think this is the first post-credit scene that literally just goes nowhere. It's funny, isn't it? Because Marvel's post-credit scenes used to be like, here's what oh we're- Oh, my lead- God! Yeah, here's yeah. what we're leading up to, definitely. Now it seems to be like, we're going to do a scene, and if the audience likes it, then we'll yes. make it something. Or if James Gunn wants to do it, then it's, we'll make it something. It's kind of like a tester. It's like, do you want this? Uh, is this something you're interested in? Okay, never mind. We won't do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was everything we got right. Cool. Giving wow. us a total of 70 points. Yeah, boy. Gosh, I felt like I talked for a long time. <laughs> well, there was a lot we got right. I think yeah. that is pretty evident if you listen to the episode. So I let- can't wait to see how it balances out. Let me go into what we got wrong. Now, there's going to be a lot of things that tie into points you've already made yeah. because I think a lot of the things we said have elements that were wrong and elements that were right. Yeah. So just keep that in mind as I go through these. So before we spoke about the plot, we predicted that Harry Styles, and I said this, would not be in the movie. We were wrong. You said you would eat your hats. And so I need to eat a hat today because I said I would. And he, he is. Well, te- you know, it's funny. Technically, he's not in the movie. He's in the post-credit scene. Yeah, and it really so, paid off. So if I want to, if I want to, like, stretch to something, I could say that. But he was in the movie, so that was something we got wrong. I was pretty confident that he wouldn't be in the movie, but... Remember when we saw this and we're like, in the cin- we saw this in the cinemas and we're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what? We were having a great time. The well, rumors I, were true. I was having a great time at this. But as soon as he rocked up, you nudged me and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he is in the movie. We speculated that Icarus's journey would be to learn and accept human <laughs> beings. Uh, this yeah. is this is debatable. You could say he does get to that point at the end of the he movie, doesn't. but it's not really something that happens. So no. our idea of Icarus was that he was going to be very distant from human beings. He was just going to be the Superman. Yeah. And then eventually he would learn to embrace human beings. He wants to kill them in actuality. But yeah, so we're wrong with that. By the way, this is something we said in the original episode and it was technically true, but I thought it was a funny point. When you originally floated the idea that uh, Druig was the bad guy, yes. I said, of course you think that like, the one white Eternal is going to be the bad guy. But of course the other like white, the other white male guy. Uh, Eternal was the bad guy. <laughs> so yeah. We, so we were just picked the, the wrong white guy. Yeah, exactly. And we should have saw it coming. Like the evil Superman is such a, is such a trope yeah, now. And, absolutely. And like the pretty- Everyone knows Homelander. Yes. Yes, exactly. Everyone loves that movie Brightburn. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> yes, but you know, it's it like the the guy the the poster boy is going to be the bad guy. We should have saw it coming. Yeah. Next thing we got wrong is there's no real arc where Kingo learns humility. Or you should have just cut it. At, there's no real arc. <laughs> or specifically, we thought we thought Kingo would uh you know firstly learn humility and also yeah. learn to work as a team. We thought he was not going to be a guy that well works together with him. I say it's something we got wrong because he always did work as a team. 
There was a point where it was just like, I don't agree with you guys trying to stop the emergence. Yeah. I'm going to leave. Oh, wait, I'm back. But but his, his conflict is he agrees with Icarus. He, he yes. sort of wants to... No, no, he doesn't agree with Icarus, but he wants to not defy the Celestials, is yes. what he said. Well, yeah. But then he does it anyway. I mean, there's portions in the movie where he's like, whatever you do, Icarus, I'll follow you to, to my death. Yeah. So... It's, again, it's debatable, but I'm going to say... And he turns up to wrong. smack um, Sprite in the back of the head with a rock, and we all cheer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scene was... Uh, I didn't see that scene coming at all. <laughs> I think the movie was sick of Sprite by yes. that stage. <laughs> Just like fucking... Bang! <laughs> hit her with a rock. Now, we said that Fastos has embraced human life. This is something you go into as something we got right. However, it is true. However, there is a section in the movie where we believe that Fastos hasn't done that, and there is a section in the movie where he hasn't. There's a line in the movie that says Fastos has abandoned humans. So mm. I'm going to say on a technicality, there's a portion of the movie where he hasn't embraced human human life. I'm stretching here, but I'm going to say that's something we got wrong. Yeah. Okay. We thought that Druid would be the bad guy, the secret yes. bad guy. This is the big thing we got wrong. We were so close with what we thought, with how we thought the evil Eternal would be and what the evil Eternal would do. We pretty much called everything except you got to replace yes. the words Icarus with the words Druid. But we got it wrong. Druik is not the bad guy. And if you remember in that original episode, I was very against Druik being the bad guy. because You I'm were. Like, it's too obvious that he would be the bad guy. Yes. And in the comics, he's always set up to be the bad guy. But then it turns out that he's not. Yeah. And it was kind of the case. And it was exactly too. what happened in this movie. But if I had my way, there wouldn't be an evil eternal no. in, the, in the movie. If you remember that original episode, I was sort of against them. Like yeah. one of them turning against the rest of the team. And if, if I had my way, it would have been Crow. Crow. Being the bad guy. And it would have been Captain Marvel all over again. <laughs> but man, we were close. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. You mentioned this as well. Dane technically never wields the sword. No. No, he never wields the sword. It is teased. It's a post-credit scene. He almost goes to touch it, but never actually holds the sword. We said in the movie that he'd be there using his sword, going into yeah, yeah. battle, or we'd see him hold the sword at one point. Does not happen. No. We get blue pulled. Yeah. <laughs> and will this ever pay off? I, time will tell. If Eros and Pip the Troll are anything to go by, who knows? <laughs> Druig and Crow are not working together secretly. No. Crow is independent from the Celestials and the Eternals. We thought they would be in cahoots then. Yeah. There is no narration. There is yep. a text scroll and we see what happens to the Eternals through the through the history. Yeah. The history of the world, I guess. But it's never told. There's no voiceovers. We thought that would be the case. All right. Now, we're very close with this prediction, but we said that Arisham would cause the world to end because of the Thanos snap. Yeah. This is where it gets kind of muddy because- Well, because they reversed the snap. Yes. And then he was just like, well, you went against the natural course of, uh, you know, what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, we were taking that from- Good storytelling. Yeah. We were taking that from, like, the Loki series where Loki gets in trouble for altering the timelines, the yeah. sacred timeline. Presumably, we were looking into that sort of stuff. But- yeah. It's not actually the case in the movie with Arishem. No. so It's our- actually the other way around. It's reverse, yeah. Because of the blip, because they reversed the snap. Why? I feel like an, an idiot saying these phrases. <laughs> um, because they reversed the snap and everyone came back to life, it gave the, the Celestial the boost that he needed to be born. Mm. Tiamat. Yes, yes. So, in actuality, Thanos did the world a, a favour. favour. Yeah. <laughs> by, by killing half the population. So, we thought the po- the snap would be Arisham would come in and would be like, well, f- screw you guys for mucking up the natural order of things. Yeah. In actuality, the population's getting to an increased size and they're b- b- birthing the celestial. So, we got That's that right. wrong. We said that Captain Marvel would make a cameo. It was a desperate guess. Oh, yeah. But it did not happen. 
We thought we were starting. This is the point in the prediction. We had no cameos from any other Marvel-related property at all. The only thing closest to a cameo is that Gilgamesh was like, I remember when Thor was a baby and he carried yes. his hammer around. He'd follow me around. How? <laughs> How? He wasn't on Earth. That is true. He lived in Asgard. Gilgamesh, you weren't on fucking Asgard. You were on Earth. That was Kingo, right? No, this was Gilgamesh who said this. Ah, was it? I thought it was Kingo. It might have been. It doesn't Kingo. matter. But yeah, you're, to your point. Either way, to your point, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> Thor had never been to Earth until the events of that first Thor movie. I don't know. Maybe the Avengers went. Maybe visiting. On the, they had vacation to the Avengers. I wish oh, this the was Eternals. An, I wish this was an Avengers movie we're talking about. Yeah, you know, characters that we are actually established <laughs> and we uh, can actually follow. Uh, but yeah, maybe the Eternals on their off time, they go to like Asgard and uh, Midgard and all mm. these other places. What's Midgard? Where am I getting that from? <laughs> it's the in-between part. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, so yeah, another another prediction we thought, we thought uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus would appear <laughs> as a cameo. She does no not. No connections to other movies. There is, uh, and we also- And do you know why they did that? Why they- Didn't have any connection to any other Marvel movie. Because they didn't have a lot of faith in this movie? Yes. And they didn't want to have the obligation to tie it into any other property if they didn't need to. Mm. Well, uh, you, you could say that was a good decision in hindsight. <laughs> but anyway, and the last thing we said was we thought that there would be a multiverse angle. Like, they'd introduce some aspect of the multiverse in this movie. It's never really mentioned. It's not a factor at all. No, which is a surprise. And that is everything we got wrong. We sort of we sort of spoke about the deviants, um, the deviants not, not attacking. Wow, that was it. Yeah. Holy shit. The Deviants not tacking through the movie, but we changed our minds and decided they would attack through the yeah, movie yeah, and, yeah. and be there for the big climax, which they technically are, at least Crow is. But yeah, they, all up, that's 13 things we got wrong. Wow. Did you remove the one that wasn't really a point? Uh, well, well, it's 12 things then. There you go. By the way, Midgard is the Norse uh, word. Oh, is it actually a place? Yeah, it's the Norse uh, mythology term for Earth. There you go. So I guess they do spend a lot of time in uh, Midgard since yeah, they do spend a lot of time on Earth. But that's besides the point. 12 points mm. to 70. Mm. Wow, I didn't realize we did so well. We did really well. There it we was go. very easy for me we- to go through what we got wrong. Because even the stuff we got wrong, it was like, well, technically we're right. Te- technically we're right with this point, but we're technically wrong. So huh? well, I cannot believe that. I cannot believe yeah. that. I think I guess most of it was correct. I guess the fact that I was sitting down making note after note after note, <laughs> listening back <laughs> to the guy. episode. Poor You poor thing. Must have been an easy day for you in it the was. office. It was. It was. I, I was listening back to the episode. I'm like, oh, poor Kieran. <laughs> yeah. Poor Kieran. 70 to 12. I don't know yeah. if we've ever done that well. Well, when you look at the movie, episode. we called it pretty, pretty closely. Yeah. I mean, there's elements that we didn't get. Yeah. I mean, we didn't. Well, the major the one is Icarus and Druig being swapped out for, yes. the, for the bad guys. But the character arc and the motivations, we all we yeah. called that. Yeah, everything. And we didn't get the celestial being born from the planet. And how, no. How would we ever predicted that? So No, well, that was a big twist that they're trying to throw, mm. you know, audience members off on anyway. Yeah. And again, this movie stepped away from the comics and what, what we know from the comics as well. So, yeah, I think we did pretty well. But how did that work out in being a movie? Matty D, what are your final thoughts on Eternals? Here we I'm go. I'm very interested now. This is go. the bit that everyone's waiting for. What are Kieran <laughs> so, and Matty D's thoughts on Eternals? We've held our cards pretty well. I've held my cards close to my, yeah. my chest. Well, you, you have not. I had a few drinks last night and decided to get a little bit uh, <laughs> lippy about Eternals. So nothing that I say is going to surprise Matty D. No, well, I, I, I kind of know what your thought. Well, maybe maybe I might be surprised. But okay. But so, the Big D himself was pretty good. Yes. He refused to say anything. <laughs> he was waiting for this moment. So let's have this him. moment. Oh, we've been let's waiting for so it. long. So I think I think sometimes you go into a movie and uh, you, you, especially a movie that's sort of panned 
Um, and you might sort of give it more leeways than, you know, you might we give We didn't it- know that this movie was going to be panned going into it. No. We saw it like opening day. No, no, no. No, that, that is true. That is true. But I, what I'm trying to say is sometimes you watch a movie, sometimes it can be a little bit better than you thought, you know, when, mm. when you watch it the first time. Sometimes you sort of want to be a little bit more contrarian, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and we can all do that from time to well, time. you and I are big fans of Watchmen. Mm. That's a movie that you and I hold very yes. close to our heart. And we're genuinely fans of that movie. Yep. But in the overall zeitgeist, that's considered a terrible movie. Yeah. Misunderstood is what I'll say. <laughs> I'm sure you'll agree with me. We love that movie, though. I think just generally audiences didn't like it because they went in expecting a standard superhero movie and then yep. they got, obviously, what Watchmen was, which was, you know, very much a satirical, more adult, darker take on superheroes. Yep. And it's not what people wanted. I think yeah. that's, for the most part, why people didn't like that movie. But, you know, we love the movie, so of course we're going to say that. Yes. But, yeah, you, yes. you you like to back lame horses, is what you're saying? Yes, 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 yes. So, sometimes I can say that I like a movie and then realise that it probably wasn't as good as I initially thought. But that is not today. That is not this movie. I still think this movie is great. And here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. I, I The thing I like about this movie the most is that they try to do something different. So, I just want to give this movie its flowers for actually... Going against the Marvel grain and yeah, doing you're right. something completely you're right, different because they were making good movies. <laughs> Sorry, I promised I wouldn't do that. <laughs> look, it, we're, we're going to go. We're going to go into this. So, look, I, I'm not going to say this is the best movie ever made. I'm not going to say this is the best Marvel movie ever made. But I kind of enjoyed the fact that they did something different and it worked for me. I, so, Matty D listed this as one of his favorite movies of 2021. Yes, I just want to point out, and yes. it was on my list for least, least favorite of 2021. So. We're approaching, at this point, Matty D's approaching this as one of his favourite superhero movies of all time. Of all time? Yeah. Well, that was just in that year. No, no. I think you said that Eternals <laughs> is one of, up there with the 1989 Batman oh. as being one of your favourite superhero oh. movies well, of all time. Well, I don't think I hold that opinion now. Oh, really? <laughs> Where would you rank Eternals on your overall superhero list? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it'd be, it, it wouldn't be on is the top- Is it in the top 10? No, I don't think so. But is it in the top 20? <laughs> well, Maybe. Maybe at 20, maybe. Okay. So, when I when I came to watch this movie, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it got a lot more hate than it deserved. I thought, you know, I enjoyed the, the characters. I thought there was enough fun stuff there. Um, there is holes in this movie. There are things that don't make sense. But I think it comes down to the fact that this movie was just too ambitious for its own good. And it really, really tried to do something different and unique and special and sometimes that landed and sometimes it didn't and it and it's kind of a sad state of affairs because i feel like this director really really wanted so to- we had academy award winning mm. or multiple award winning director chloe Zhao directing this she directed nomad land which yes. i believe won best picture yes Correct i think so yes th- yes it did and so like chloe Zhao's a big get for marvel mm. It's one of the few times they've had an Academy Award winning director directing one of their movies. And they really wanted to bring like a huge scope and spectacle to mm. the Marvel Universe. And in all fairness, as you said, they really were trying to do something different and approach the superhero movie in a different way. Yeah. And so, yeah, like everything was being set up for this to be a great movie. But what was your point? <laughs> Well, my point was it seemed like she wanted to do something special, but wasn't allowed to do it, mm. if that makes sense. And that, that's, what sort of came, that's what sort of came through to me. I think I heard that Marvel actually came in and had a look at the movie and was just like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Yeah. And there was like some, in, you know, a little bit of disagreements backstage. So put in Pip the Troll. <laughs> you need this scene. But ultimately, I, I, I liked the whole, you know, the whole historic sort of, 
telling of this epic tale of gods and the sort of tie-ins with history and the tie-ins with all these things. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the family dynamic, all the characters sort of mingling around. I I like a lot of them. I like Makari. I know you said like Makari doesn't do anything, but I, I kind of found her really cool. I thought she, her and Daruk had really good chemistry. Yeah, such strong characters. Yeah. Sorry, I'm doing it again. But, you know, for, for the time that they had... I thought they. I thought everyone did like a decent job. The thing I didn't like was the whole deviance angle. That could have. That could have just been. What did you think of the CGI during the final battle? Terrible, <laughs> terrible CGI was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. But when we watched this uh, in the cinemas, it kind of felt like, kind of felt like when you're on a drug trip and one somebody's drugs are kicking in, and my drugs mm. were like kicking in, and I was having a great time, and you were like over there just paranoid. <laughs> That's how it felt because you were not having a good time watching this movie. And I was having a I was having a pretty fun time. And then when I watched it the second time, I was expecting maybe not to like it as much, but I actually really enjoyed it the second time around. And I've watched it actually since um, as Are well. We're going to talk about the Hiroshima scene. Yeah, let's talk about it. That that was not a I'll good. I'll let scene. you explain it. So there's a scene in the movie where they explain that Fastos has uh, advanced humans to the point where we get the bombing of Hiroshima. So he was there with Oppenheimer, <laughs> throwing like little rocks into a big like glass uh, bowl. Yes. Like nudging them on the shoulder and being like, maybe you should put more uranium in it. <laughs> and and he, so, yeah, he's, in- he was essentially claiming uh, responsibility for the atomic bomb. Yes. And I was letting you explain it. Sorry. No, that, that's exactly right. And uh, and then he's there. <laughs> in the wreckage. In the wreckage. Crying. He's wearing a bow tie. I don't know why that tickles me so much, but it just does. He's and wearing a bow tie and glasses. The- kneeling in the wreckage going, <laughs> I did this. I did this. It is so tasteless. It is so tasteless. It should never have been done. You did not need to do that. No. To communicate the fact that he's given up on humanity or the fact that humans no. are technically advanced to the point where we, we just had like the whole Thanos thing happen. Like there's so many things you could use in the lore or just in history. You did yes. not need to go there. They did. I remember when we were sitting in the cinema, like yeah. we see it and Kiru just under his breath just goes, oh no. <laughs> and then we lost our shit. We laugh for about 15 minutes and everyone in the cinema was like staring at us because they're like, why are these guys like laughing? It's so so bad that we were finding that so funny, but it was just, it was just so out of the blue and it was just this, this. That was handled so poorly. And as you said, so tastelessly that it was ridiculous. I've never seen something handled so badly in a Marvel movie before. Like a horrible human tragedy, a very real horrible human tragedy that like we're still seeing the effects of today. And they're like, this, oh, it was, it's a plot point in our stupid Eternals movie. <laughs> yeah. And he's and, wearing a little bow tie and going, and, and to say, like, like th- that whole event in history shows, like, humanity at its worst. Like, we did yes. that. It wasn't an eternal god that just gave us the technology yes. that happened. So, yeah. I mean, we get a kick out of that scene for the wrong yes. reasons. Oh, man. But, yes. Ultimate thoughts on this movie. Thought it was a fun time. Enjoyed it well enough. Would you recommend people watch it? Yeah. There you go. I would. I would. I understand it's not for everybody, but they did something different. And I think that's the main takeaway for me. They were very ambitious and they tried to do something different. And people are going to throw stones at that because they wanted just another Marvel movie Mm. with the same sort of style of characters and the same humor and the same plot points. Yeah, Yeah. And good on them for trying something different and doing it. And it worked for me. So how do you feel about this being considered uh, by fans and critics as the uh, worst Marvel movie? Very undeserved. What would you say is the worst Marvel movie? Uh, worst Marvel movie. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp was pretty bad, right? I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's bad. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yes. Let's not forget that the second Ant-Man movie was called Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's right. <laughs> so, the one with MODOK bouncing around. 
maybe a little bit wet, maybe a little bit of Doctor Cheeky Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I hated Doctor Strange. I thought I thought that was worse than this movie. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of maybe Madness. Maybe a cheeky Thor to the Dark World. <laughs> Maybe the cheeky Thor Love and Thunder. No, who are we kidding? Matty D loved that. <laughs> well, Love and Thunder was cool. Yeah, there are other Marvel movies that are that are worse, I think, than than the Eternals. Mm. Well, than this Eternals. is considered by fans to to this day. This is not me throwing shade mm. t- specifically at Matty D. <laughs> fans to this day consider this the worst Marvel movie, even underneath Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Really, which is absolute dog shit. Oh my god. I don't know if I think this movie is any worse than Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, perfectly, like being perfectly honest. Uh, I should probably get into my thoughts as well. We all know that I didn't like this movie. (laughs) I was never going to like this movie. I thought that the trailers looked bad, and I generally don't like superhero movies, as we know. Anyone who's listened to the show knows that it's not a genre I find interesting. Mm -hmm. It's not a genre that I enjoy watching. So, I was going in expecting not to like it. I was not won over (laughs) by the movie. And really, over the last couple of days, I was just like, well, what is it about this movie that I don't like? What is it that makes me think that this one is so bad compared to all the other superhero movies that we've covered on this show that I don't like? I don't think this is the worst superhero movie we've ever covered on this show. It's one of them. (laughs) It's not the worst because we've got like Morbius sitting right there. Yes. Smiling up at us. We've got Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania sitting right there smiling up at us. We've got Captain Marvel, you know, sitting in the back bench. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, well, I thought that was better than this. Um, uh, Black Widow, I thought you were going to say. Black Widow as well. That was atrocious. But I'm like, what was it? I kind of like that. What was it about this movie that really pushed my buttons and made me have a miserable time Mm -hmm. in the cinema compared to all, let's just say all the other Marvel movies that we've covered on the show and all the other Marvel movies that I've seen and not enjoyed. So, what I worked out was that this movie, and I think what's different about this movie compared to every other Marvel movie, is this is the most generic superhero movie that Marvel has ever done. Okay. Would you agree? No. You wouldn't agree? No. Well, so, uh, this, what, what, what? this movie is solely about superheroes. Oh, I guess in that respect. There's nothing about them beyond them being superheroes in this movie. So, every other Marvel movie and every other Marvel movie that's worked really well is like, it doesn't matter that they're superheroes their defining trait isn't their superhero abilities it's the story they tell within the world of superheroes existing okay so we have characters in this movie who are defined by their superpowers and have no character beyond that at all or very little character beyond that at all and it's just a straight up superhero movie it's the first time that marvel has done a generic superhero movie like it's it's a movie just about superheroes and it's about them being superheroes and it's about their powers and there's nothing beyond that mm. yeah i see i see what you mean i thought you were meaning that it's a generic superhero like origin story which i was kind of disagreeing with it's not but a traditional superhero origin story which i think is another reason it doesn't work because it doesn't follow the formula of mm. what has been done so many times before yeah. we're introduced to characters we don't care about instantly their their powers so many of them so we don't really have like an opportunity to attach ourselves to any of sure yeah but their powers um with a few exceptions their powers don't really play into the storyline really at all cersei being able to change matter into other things plays into the final well i I said like you know there's a couple like there's one or two focus characters who Mm -hmm. are allowed to have arcs in character development Mm -hmm. everybody else is just defined by their powers okay yeah that's fair. You know, aside from being gay, Fastos, like, he's justified by his powers. He's the inventor. 
He didn't make their suits, which is a point you didn't bring up. Oh, in stuff that's we got right. Wrong. Well, I guess we did get thirteen things. Yeah, wrong there then. you go. Because yeah, he didn't. He didn't make their suits, <laughs> which we thought. Makari, like, just forget about her. Like, I know you liked it, but I, like, I liked she it. literally did nothing in this movie. She was just there to stand in the background. She had some spunk. She had some gusto. Why did they make her deaf? Like, there was no reason for her to be deaf. I think the the Celestials were just being mean that day. <laughs> Well, the way I, I, I know this is a point you, you feel very strongly about, but the way I kind of looked at it is, well, if the Celestials are like gods and the Eternals are just like people, and if we're looking at it from a religious angle, in mythology, gods create different types of people, with different disabilities, different strengths, different weaknesses. So, I, with that in mind, you could argue that the Eternals, yeah, there would be a deaf Eternal or there would be a child Eternal. Why? For no reason. Like, yeah. It, like they have superpowers, so it's not going to affect them in like. And combat. her being deaf doesn't affect her at all because she can hear people. No, anyway, so it doesn't no. matter. So it does it. That plot point doesn't play into the movie yeah. at all. And that's something I'll say about the movie against it is there's some points in the movie that they don't actually explain or go into, and you have to kind of make it up by yourself, like make it up on your own. Just be like, oh, maybe they did it because the the Eternals need to infiltrate society. That's why there's a there's sure. a child. That's so that's why, why uh, she, you know, Makari just sat on the spaceship doing nothing for <laughs> 5,000 years. Well, she could zoom around. Sure. She's blending in real well. Yeah, there was a recent South Park episode came out around the time when they're recording this episode called The Pandaverse. Yeah. And I feel like this is just Marvel's Pandaverse, Pandaverse, the movie. So it's literally all just done like, look at how diverse we are. Mm. Look at how well we've cast this movie. Look, we've got a one-legged non-acting uh, Native American <laughs> villain in our movie and she's getting her own spin-off TV show because look at how diverse we are. Like, it doesn't matter to the story. You're just doing it to, like, give yourself a pat on the back. Mm. I liked the diversity of the cast, <laughs> to be honest. It doesn't matter to the story. No. It doesn't impact the story at all. No, it, it, it has no it, bearing it, on the story. It, the more all. you look at it, the less it makes sense. Yeah. Did yeah. that upset me? Not really. But, like, it didn't lead to my enjoyment of the movie. Didn't take away from anything from the movie either. Well, the, the way I think about it is if The Eternals was going to be a movie about, like, ten guys, if everybody is the same, it's going to be a pretty boring movie. So, yeah, having, true. like, some diversity is... And it looks good on screen. You know, rather than just having, oh, uh, Makari's the fast one, the fast that is deaf what one had. is a little bit more interesting to watch. <laughs> Not really. I don't know. It adds... Add something. What does it add? Like something to make how her does it identify, the, how something does to it, make uh, her unique. How does it impact the story? It doesn't impact the story at all. And what's the most important part about the movie? The most important part about the movie? Yeah. Like the, the car Is the casting the most uh, important part about the movie? No, it's the story. So that's the sure. thing I care about most going into the movie. So if something doesn't impact the story, I don't care about it. <laughs> Fair enough. And I didn't think this story was good at all. <laughs> so I thought it was a great director, mm -hmm. good actors, For let down- part. Yeah, for the most part. Sprite. Let down by a really shit script. Chloe Zhao, the director, bless her. She was trying her hardest with what she, she had. Was. Couldn't pull it off, Yeah, in my opinion. And I, I'm not alone here. No, this is universally not. agreed upon. Except it's for good me. On, good on Manny D had a good time, and that's great, because at least somebody got entertainment <laughs> and in excitement out of this uh, mess. But uh, should we talk about... Uh, I'm pretty much done okay. uh, talking about this. Uh, another thing that I didn't like was the fact that these guys have known each other for thousands of years, but don't seem to know each other at all. Yes. <laughs> so this is, this is a really interesting point, because in the comics, uh, what happens is the once the Eternals kill the deviants they go into like a sleep state and then they wake yeah. up again and it's kind of like them interacting with each other for the first time makes sense yes but they decided not to go in that direction no i don't know why maybe they thought that they 
that it's too much like the blip. I, I don't really know why they decided to make it that they're just like hanging around. I don't know why they did anything. Maybe they thought maybe they thought it would be fun and funny if like you know yeah. Kingo is a Hollywood star. Yeah, Fastos is in Hiroshima. Yeah, real funny. <laughs> but yeah, the watching it a second time, something that was really cemented to me was Sprite. Yeah, Sprite was Sprite not strong. was the worst character in this movie, worst actor in this movie. She has not worked since, so <laughs> yes. there's that. Uh, I know she was only... Very annoying. I know she was, you know, she's playing like a 12-year-old. I think the actress herself was uh, 15, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Hadn't really acted before. She'd done like one or two projects in a, in a minor way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the character, I, or I was not prepared for how <laughs> annoying this Sprite character was. And why was she annoying? I don't know. Just her attitude, mm. the just the really poor delivery of every line. I suppose it, uh, it would have been cool if she was like wise beyond her years, like they were was leading us to believe. Petulant child. Mm. She was like a little complainy, whiny, yeah. petulant child. She had a crush on Icarus. Who had a crush on Icarus, and then that like that was her whole character development. Where she's like, I'll just do what Icarus wants because I like Icarus, and that's it. And just she did. She looked like she didn't want to be there. <laughs> Like, I'm not talking specifically about the, the performance, but, like, the character was just, like, mm. in every scene. Like, she's wearing sunglasses. She's moody. She's sitting in the background of the scene with her arms folded. And just, yeah, anytime she perks up is when she's Icarus sarcastic. comes sarcastic. Yeah. And it's it wasn't funny. <laughs> it wasn't interesting to watch. No. It was just annoying. I think that character was supposed to be way more likable than it turned out to be. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm with you with that. As well. I'm with you. Yes. Sprite was annoying. So, I don't think the actress could pull it off, and I don't think the script served her well. No, the writing wasn't there for her. Yeah. And like I said, our best scene, the highlight of the movie is when Kingo comes up behind her, smacks her in the back of the head with a rock. <laughs> and we all and then they're like, And at the end of the movie, they're like, hey, Sprite, I'm going to turn you into a person so you can die. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Do you know why they also did that? So, she could age for future movies, which she will not be in. Yes. And she doesn't have powers anymore. Yeah, so she doesn't have powers, right? Because they never go into this. So, I assume that she's human, she doesn't have powers. That's right. So they even did if, say this. Even if she was in another movie, what's she going to do? She's not going to do anything. Yeah. yeah. She, like, they were looking for a big out because they're like, well, we've cast like a, a child. She's not going to look the same. We're going to have 16 when, Eternals movies. Yeah, when out. we do Eternals 2 in 2027, <laughs> she's, she's going to be like a middle-aged lady. And we can't have that. So, <laughs> let's write her out. So, she, well, she's dead. Yeah. What do you think of Kingo? Annoying. <laughs> I loved Kingo. <laughs> uh, I it was that like it was just really ham-fisted comedy in a, in a sure. very much like overall very dry and grey movie. Mm. And they're like, we've got to have some comedy in there. Let's get his valet in there and have him film. Oh, uh, the like, valet was great. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't mind Kamal Nanjiani. He did a very good TV show that I personally like called uh, Welcome to the Chippendales. Uh, he does a great performance in that show. Uh, he's funny, but and like very serious at the same time. Every movie we cover with him in it, annoying as fuck. <laughs> Just not a not a good representation of his talents. So he's a comedian. He's naturally yes. funny, but when you write a comedian to be funny, that's when you or you get somebody who's not used to writing comedy, writing jokes for a comedian, that's when they come off as annoying. <laughs> because it's very forced. Ninety percent of the time, humor in Marvel movies is very forced, as we know, doing the show and watching all of these Marvel movies. And it wasn't an exception here. <laughs> I didn't like the whole valet and uh, Kingo sort of uh, <laughs> side story of them filming a documentary because it just sort of went nowhere and it was just in there for, you know, some gag. yuck yucks anyway. Yeah. And it felt out of place in the movie that they were, they were making. I'm done talking about this. Cool. I'm finished. Oh, <laughs> I do have one point here. They mentioned in the movie that uh, Sprite invented movies. Yeah. 
Thank you, Sprite. Fuck you, Sprite. <laughs> Fuck you, Sprite, for making movies. Yeah, mate, for making this. Yeah, Sprite. So she's to blame for all of for every shit movie we we can point our finger at Sprite. It's Sprite's fault. She sat around the campfire and she's like, look, look, everybody, let me introduce you to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, no, no. This is what I see happening. She sat everyone down around the campfire and she's like, I've got a movie here called Antebellum <laughs> that I can't wait for you guys to see. It's going to be great. Men in Black International. Let me yeah. tell you about it. Look, if you're going to watch this movie, I, this is one. This is the last thing I want to say about it. Like, if you want to watch this movie, just know what you're getting into. I think when I sat down yeah. and watched it, I immediately knew what type of movie this was. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm just along for the ride now. Don't look at anything with a magnifying glass because there's plot holes galore. Don't think about it too much. Just go along with the ride and you, you might have a good time. You're a bee's dick away from saying, turn off your brain. <laughs> Sit down, turn off your brain. <laughs> Uh, go do do do, drool a little bit on your shirt, and you'll have a great time. I fucking hate when people say turn off your brain and you'll enjoy the movie because I'm like, um, I'm not like a cow. I'm not here to graze in the fields. I want to have a story that I like. There's a story there. In all fairness, and this is a point that I wanted to bring up as well. Mm. I'm done talking about. Th- I'm done talking about Eternals. So I don't want to talk about it anymore. But. In all fairness, I just want to make a counterpoint. You know, this isn't me sitting here being like a cinema snob with my arm folders going, no. like, wow, this Marvel movie is not to my liking. I much prefer, like, uh, you know, the, the latest Akira Kurosawa movie. And those people are out there who from, are hating on from Japan, this movie. But, like, there is trash that I like. Uh, there is a movie specifically that I've really gotten into in the last couple of years called Contamination. Uh-huh. It's a, like, an Italian movie from 1980 where it's about, like, these, these eggs from space... They, they like literally make a snoring noise when they so like they pulsate and they make this noise like this, and then when people disturb them, they explode and then cause people's guts to violently like burst out of their stomachs. Hmm. And there's a, a scene in the movie that I really like where it's way like, better than the Eternals, where a woman is in the shower and she comes out of the shower and someone's put one of the eggs in the middle of her bathroom and locked the door. <laughs> And she's like desperately like banging on the door, hoping someone will help her. And then meanwhile, there's this thing there going, what, is, are the eggs alive? Sort of. <laughs> but they're bombs. Essentially. Sort of. Well, well they'll, they'll kill you if they explode. But like that movie is absolute garbage. But I've watched it like seven times in like the last two years <laughs> because it just makes me laugh the whole way through. And I know exactly what I'm going into when I watch it. And it's absolute trash. And it's never trying to be like a great movie. And so I think we all, all of us, have like movies that like people can look at objectively like that's a that's a shit movie. Yes. And I don't know why anyone would like it, but then we have people <laughs> who like absolutely love them and champion them because they just something inside them. It's just something about the movie just appeals to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my eternal. That's a be- that's beautiful. Yes. That's beautiful. And that's I what we're about that. at the end of the and day. That, and that's, you know, yeah. It's it's nice that we can all just love trash. There's nobody out there who has a perfect taste in movies. No. Absolutely nobody in the universe. There's always a movie that you love. Your favorite movie is always going to be someone's least favorite movie. Yes. And I think that's what we're going to take away from this episode. Yes. And look at this. We didn't end up in a fight. We thought no. that might happen. No. We didn't get physical. No punches were thrown. I think we settled it last night over our 10 beers. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> I, I was way more, uh, you know, lippy last night about <laughs> Yeah, it. you were shitting on the Eternals last yes. night But I think oh, I've, hey I've come man. around and I'm more sensible And so, yeah, this is Matty D's contamination mm-hmm. in, in more ways than one <laughs> But yeah, there's always going to be the shittiest movie out there And someone's going to love it Yeah And your favourite movie, you might think it's the best movie un- Undefiably, like, the best movie ever made People hate it And people hate it I'm Like, this is very overrated 
this leads me perfectly ah. into the movie that we're going to be talking about next week. Because next week, we're going to be talking about a movie that's already contentious. It's already being hated on. And so, I cannot wait to talk all about it because next week, we're talking about Wonka. We're talking about yes. the origin story for Willy Wonka himself. With Timothy Chalamet. With young Timothy Chalamet as Wonka himself. The big Willy himself. Yep. Some interesting casting with Oompa Loompas. Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. I really am not looking forward to this movie. No, neither am I. But we're next week. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to come with our own little plot predictions up our sleeves. And it's going to be a fun time. So please join us for that. And until then, we have some hats to eat, some shoes to eat. That's and true. We're going to fly off into the sun. <laughs> a mighty powerhouse of strength. The fearsome Gilgamesh. Garugamesh. Oh, yeah. yeah.